2: You want
1: opinions about books? We've got them. Hi, and welcome to Unabridged. This is episode 142, Launching Teaching Tidbits. Before we get into our episode for today, we're going to get started, as we always do, with our bookish check-in. Sarah, do you want to start us off? What are you reading? Sure. I just started Jerry Craft's New Kid. It is a graphic
0: novel. My son actually read it last year during when he was in school and he really enjoyed it and so i'm actually trying to read some children's literature because my kids are going to be home all semester this this fall and being the control freak i am about their education i want to be able to also create some curriculum for them and so he read it as a silent reading book. So he didn't really do anything with it, you know, like do any like deep thinking about it. So I wanted to read him to reread it because he loves to reread anyway, but also give him some thought stuff <laughs> to go with it. And so that's why I'm gonna, I'm reading it and going to try to cre- create something for him to do with that. So anyway, I just started it. It, it is about a, stu- a middle school student and he is the new kid in school and it's just about those trials and tribulations. But like I said, I have just started, so I don't have a ton to say, but I've heard amazing things
2: about it. So I'm excited to dig in. Yeah. That one's so good. We talked about that on a recent episode. I I can't remember which one. We'll put it on the show notes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That one sounds great. I haven't read that yet either, Sarah, but I am really interested to read it as well. Jen, what about you? What are you reading?
2: So I am reading Susan Abelhawa's Against the Loveless World. This one just came out. And Abelhawa wrote a book, Mornings and Janine, that I really enjoyed. I did that one as a buddy read with Read with Tony. And so when I saw Against the Loveless World on NetGalley, I requested it. I am loving it so far. So it is about a Palestinian refugee living in Kuwait, and she has at some point been arrested and is imprisoned in this thing that she calls the cube. So while she's in the cube, she is flashing back. The flashback of the book takes place in Kuwait and flashing back to her experience as a refugee there. Her She lives with her family, including her grandmother and her brother and experiences a lot of prejudice and resentment that changes over the course of her time in Kuwait. So I'm going to be really interested to see how it all develops. It's one of those books that is planting all of the seeds of these stories. so as she's in the cube she'll say, I you know, I wonder what happened to this character who we haven't even met yet. So it's there's a lot of suspense in a book that is literary fiction. It's really this interesting balance of, this, this story that has a lot of cultural commentary, but also that is just keeping me turning the pages because yeah, she, and she is just, her name is Nar and she is this really independent, independent thinking woman. She is cursing her captors and fighting back against her jailers in every way she can, because she just does not want to let them break her spirit. So it's just this really, she's a great character and a great narrator. So I'm really enjoying
1: that. That sounds great, man. Yeah, it's really good. Ashley, what are you reading? So like Sarah, I have been doing more of the middle grade reading lately. And my kids are still very, I mean, my kids are three and six. And so they're still really young, but they are very interested in chapter books right now. And so I found myself looking for early chapter books, which I have struggled to find. Uh, I think I j- I've just realized that's an area I don't know a lot about. I know a lot about pictures book books. I know a lot about middle grade and YA. But because of that, I've been reading some books that I think are probably not quite where they're ready, even for a read aloud, but are stories that I think they'll enjoy soon. And so that's kind of propelled me toward that. And speaking of, they found E.B. White's Charlotte's oh, Web oh, on our wow. shelf. And I didn't remember that it has pictures or maybe the – I don't know. Oh. Anyway, I didn't even – I wasn't even aware of that. So we have been reading that, and they love it. And I keep oh. telling them – I mean, I, all I remember
0: that's all I remember. is that
1: it is sad. <laughs> yeah. That is all that I yes. remember. And so when they picked it up, I was kind of torn because all I remember about it is that it's sad. And so in the beginning, I just said, well – I want you to know that the spider dies. And I remember being very sad from a long time ago. <laughs> and my my oldest daughter, who was definitely going to be sad, was like, well, you know, mom, I mean, spiders are okay, but I don't really love them that much. So I think it's going to be all right. <laughs> and I wanted to be like, "Um, I should have recorded this conversation. Was, we'll see. We'll see how that works out. <laughs> anyway, but it's a very sweet story. And it has just made me realize that, They are interested in stories that are a bit more advanced, I think, than I expected because they love all the characters and stuff. So that was a long digression to say that because of that, I've been picking up some of the kind of upper elementary, early middle books and checking them out. And one that's been on my shelf a long time that I've really wanted to read is Hina Han's Amina's Voice. And I just started it yesterday. Again, the cover is gorgeous. I picked it up a long time ago and just had never sat down to read it and it is a lovely story. So, Amina is the main character. She just started middle school and she there are a few things about her. She is sweet, she is shy, and she has this really gorgeous voice as the title suggests, but she's too timid to be willing to sing in anything other than a chorus, even though she has this really lovely voice. So that's happening in the beginning. But also, she and her best friend, Sujin, have been to – they've been in school together for a long time. And her family, Amina's family, is from Pakistan. Sujin's family is from Korea. And they have some similarities as far as being kids, American kids of immigrants who are – they're among the few – kids who are not from white American families. And so there is, she has a lot of connection to her. Well, as we know, happens with kids in middle school. Sujin is interested in kind of changing up her social dynamics. She is starting to get interested in these friends, these people, you know, these other girls that Amina has always felt have not been very kind. They've not been, very interested in either of the girls and all of a sudden Sujin is suddenly being really kind to particularly this one girl who Mm -hmm. Amina just feels this real tension with and she can't understand why they're including her and she's just having, she's really lost her footing. And Sujin also, her family is going to become citizens and so she's considering changing her name and she's picking out a more American sounding name and I just love it so far because i think that there are a lot of things that resonate with all kids and particularly with girls about middle school but then there's also and just those navigation the navigating of social dynamics and how you're never sure what exactly is motivating other girls to be doing what they're doing and what to do about it so that's happening but then also it's ominous personal experience of trying to figure out how she fits in, how she can be herself, but also belong. And I think all of that is just really lovely. So I'm really enjoying it. It's fast moving. And it is a powerful story. I think it reminds me a lot of a book that my girls love by Suk Choi called The Name Jar. And it is also about the struggle to have a name that other people can't pronounce and a desire to want to blend in, but it's told for younger kids. So I love this story because I think that it is a, an idea that they have already really loved in a picture book, what it is in a chapter book that I think that they will enjoy soon. So again, I just love that idea. And I think that it's important for kids to think through things like names. And I love how it talks about that. Mm-hmm. And so in the name jar, it's just really focused on how excluded the main character can feel because of her name and then the class learning to to celebrate that instead of seeing it as something that is difficult or that she should change or whatever and so and I just am really interested in the connections between those two books but again that is Hina Han's Amina's voice and I am loving it that I awesome. have that one too but I
2: have not read it yet
1: yeah I can't that makes me want to pick it up today
2: probably won't happen. Well, and
1: I, it's funny because <laughs> that is another nice thing about reading some of these that they do move really fast. And so I've had it sitting on my shelf a long time, but it's not like I'm going to have to invest a lot of time in it. And it's such a great story. So. so we wanted to transition into talking briefly about our Teaching Tidbits launch. And we just wanted to share a little bit with listeners about why we've decided to do this and what it's going to look like. So this season, during season four, we are going to have a couple of times a month, we are going to have teaching tidbits episodes. They will be separate from our Wednesday episodes, and, but they will still drop into your feed, your podcast feed, and we're going to keep those short, and we're going to keep them focused on some things that we think will be useful for teachers
2: So these are going to be, we're going to call them bite-sized episodes because we want to make sure that they offer practical tips, thoughts, and recommendations in a very short format so that you have time to listen, whether you're a teacher or a parent, that you can fit this into your busy schedule and still listen to our Wednesday episodes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we just really wanted to be able to make a connection between our episodes and the other content we're creating. You can learn more on our website and that is www.unabridgedpod.com
1: yeah and we decide we've we've been thinking about this for a long time the three of us how we can best serve teachers because we absolutely want to be doing that but also serve all of our book lover community who are interested in all the bookish things that we discuss and that's what how we settled on this it's really been an evolving process to decide that we wanted to launch these teaching tidbits, but we feel really good about it. We were thinking about it before quarantine started, but then as we have been home with our own children, as as Sarah and I were just sharing about reading books that we think we can read with our kids, the desire to serve not just teachers, but also parents who are suddenly finding themselves in a position where they are teaching or at minimum supporting their kids' education in a way they haven't before, we felt like this was a great time to start sharing these episodes. So today we wanted to share with you our first one. Again, in the future, these will be separate episodes, but today we're sharing our very first teaching tidbit, and this one is coming from Sarah. So we hope you enjoy listening to that, and then we'll get back with you about our Give Me One after that.
0: Hello, everyone. It is Sarah, and I'm actually here alone. It feels weird to be here without Ashley and Jen, but I'm here to talk about our teaching tidbit number one. And today I wanted to talk to you about well I guess I should say when I started thinking about the coming school year and even though I'm not in the English classroom anymore I still always think about the start of school in terms of how I would have started how I would have started my year had I been in the English classroom and as I was thinking I because of the circumstances regarding the start of this school year I was thinking What would I want to impart on my students in a year like this? Because it has been an unprecedented year so far. We have had a global pandemic. We have had a social rights activation movement and Black Lives Matter. And I was just trying to think what I would want to impart in my students. And one of the things that I would definitely use in my class this classroom this year, if I were in the English classroom, would be really talking about and promoting promoting own voices work in literature. So what I mean by own voices work is work or, you know, novels and poems and texts that are written by authors who identify and are a part of the group that they are writing about. So for example, a Black author writing about a black experience and often or sometimes at least writers are writing books that are perhaps not own voice experiences and I think that with what has been happening in our world it is important to promote and amplify own voice work and I think that w- that's really important So the ones that I wanted to to talk about today is I thought I would think about one that my students would be able to really glean a lot from, but would not be so heavy that it would kind of make them a little bit nervous about the rest of the year and what we would be reading. So I think that an own voices unit would work really well in lit circles. And I'm only going to talk about one book today, but we are going to have resources and things available for a whole own voices study. I'm working on that as we speak. But the the first book that I'm going to talk about in this series, so I'll be talking about this again, but in this teaching tidbit, I wanted to talk about Sanja Menon's When Dimple Met Rishi. And for the podcast, we actually did this as a buddy read. And it is a great book. It is YA. It is it has romance, but it also has a lot about Indian culture. The protagonist, who is Dimple, she is an Indian American. However, both of her parents are from India and she has been brought up in a traditional Indian household. And so her parents have certain expectations for her and she is kind of rebelling against those expectations. So what this offers in the classroom is a chance to really explore the differences between Indian culture and American culture. When we look at American culture and when we are a submersed in American culture, especially as young people, we can tend to be pretty insular in our focus. And I think that this book really shows the differences in what American culture promotes and what Indian culture promotes. And it's neither is right or wrong. It is just different. And I think it is important for students to really recognize that and understand that. So with When Dimple Met Rishi, we are creating some discussion items that can be used in the classroom to help students really look at the differences between Dimple's culture and their own culture. But also Rishi is her love. Well, not necessarily exactly love interest in the beginning beginning, but Rishi is kind of her, the person that she is involved with throughout the story and his family and his beliefs are much different than hers. And like what the expectations are for children in an Indian family. And it's really interesting to, to both compare and contrast Dimple and Rishi's different experiences and their families, but also then to look at Dimple and Rishi in the scope of how an American student or American teenager might look at their own lives and compare that to Dimple and Rishi's. It is a great book and it offers this rich look into Indian culture, but it is also really just a great story It moves really quickly. It is not too heavy and I think students can really get a lot out of it, but also really enjoy it. As an extension of this I would definitely recommend Never Have I Ever, which is a Netflix series. It's an original series. It's a 10 episode. Right now it has 10 episodes for season one. It is a dramedy, I guess, about an Indian American girl who is growing up in a pretty strict traditional Indian household and it is about how she is navigating her life in high school and the expectations that are put on her versus what she wants and desires. I think it is a really good accompaniment. I think it will really shed more light on Dimple Met Rishi if students also watch Never Have I Ever and it also gives teachers this point of pop culture that they can discuss with students. I will say that Never Have I Ever it does discuss sex because the main character is a teenage girl and she's got crushes. And so there there is some, talk about sex, there is some profanity in it, but I think it is a very good example of really good, rich content for young people. And it is an Own Voices, again, it is an Own Voices series, Mindy Kaling she is a writer and producer on it. So I think it really ties in nicely with if students read When Nipple Met Rishi, and then as an extension, they watch Never Have I Ever again, with the knowledge that the content is maybe not something you would show in school. But if your students are ready and mature enough to handle it, it is a very good example of great content for young people. So in conclusion, I just want to say that I think that as we move forward in the current social climate that we're living in, it is really important to talk about own voice work. It is important to amplify own voice writing and giving students authentic texts in the classroom. So I think that a great starting off point for that is Sandhya Menon's When Dimple Met Rishi. There are more to come, and I will talk about that in other teaching tidbits. If you have questions, of course, you can always contact us at our email address on abridgepod at gmail.com or hit us up on the socials. But this is the conclusion of the first teaching tidbit, and it is the importance of teaching own voice work in the classroom. Thank you for listening.
1: Okay. We hope you enjoyed that teaching tidbit. We are really excited to do those. Please let us know your thoughts. We're very interested in listener feedback. If there's anything in particular you would love to see in our teaching tidbit episodes, let us know because we are still making that calendar and deciding on what topics to cover. Today, we're going to end with our give me one. And today's topic is favorite Disney character. Jen, what's yours?
2: Sure. I feel like we should give credit to Farah Roshan, who we interviewed for our podcast, who gave us the idea for this one. So Farah, shout out to you. I love the movie Aladdin. I will say, maybe I should say I loved, because I've not seen it in a long time. But I, that is one that I watched over and over. I was in high school when I was watching it over and over, which we can talk about another day. But anyway, so I love that movie. And my favorite character in that movie is, without a doubt, the genie. I think Robin Williams is an actor who I really admire. I like a lot of his movies and but I also loved his stand-up acts and watching him riff. And so I think seeing him embodied in the Genie just riffing away in that movie is one of my favorite things. So,
1: the awesome. Genie from Aladdin. Yeah, I watched that movie quite a few times too. <laughs> what about you, Sarah? What's your favorite character?
0: So, um
1: I guess I, I
0: looked at this as a as an adult because I don't know that it would have been um, my favorite as a child. Because for one thing, because it wasn't out. But mm. <laughs> but my favorite <laughs> Disney movie is Moana, and my character the character mm. is Moana herself. I love this movie so much. I mean, I was captivated when we watched it. I was bawling. I just love the fact that she, her mission was not to find a man or marry someone. It was to save her family and her culture. And I just loved it. And I mean, when I hear that song, How Far Far I'll Go, I just, I mean, they're just, (laughs) I just want to belt it out. I won't do that for the sake of everybody here. Shout out Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs>
1: <Anyway>.
0: <laughs> but it's just amazing. So I think she is a great example for young girls. I think she's strong and she is so she can take care of herself and she fights for what's right. And I mean, I don't know. I just think she for like for my daughter, that is who I want her to be looking at and emulating.
1: So I love Moana. Awesome. <laughs> How about you, Ashley? Who's your favorite? So mine, I just have a lot of emotional attachment to this character. So that's why I chose it. So I'm not sure. It's When you said that, Sarah, I feel like there are some that I think I have really appreciated, especially as Disney movies have become more conscious of thinking about what they are showing as role models and things like that. So like, there are stories I think I really appreciate in that regard. But anyway, my favorite character is Stitch. <laughs> and I loved the Lilo and Stitch movie mm-hmm. very much. I still love that movie. I think it's a great movie. And I, I love that idea of how he doesn't know his place and you know Lilo becomes his found family and all of those things. Mm-hmm. I think that is really great. But also when I lived in Japan, I, <laughs> I'm now like, how much am I gonna die vulture? <laughs> anyway, when I, when I lived in Japan, Stitch is everywhere. Um he is like really loved there and so that just furthered my love he's just very cute he's a very cute animal and so that furthered my love and i do in (laughs) fact have a stitch stuffed animal that i sleep with so and i knew my friends knew that so when i said stitch i was like i probably should just go ahead and admit the whole thing it's fine i don't care i was just waiting to see how far it went because
0: i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna divulge
1: i'm not ashamed i'm not ashamed you didn't be no way Anyway, so, yeah, that that's part of it, too, is, like, I have this very, very cute stuffed animal from Japan. I have realized recently I've been trying to kind of prepare my girls who also love my best animal, is what they call him, and I, that I think I'm going to have to replace it. And so I've tried to, like, prepare them for the fact that the animal itself is kind of wearing out. This doesn't make me particularly sad because, you know, I'm not – I'm okay with that. It's not like a, I, as a child when you're, like – going to hold on to your lovey forever and ever and ever. But, but anyway, I have been preparing them for that possibility. But I still am going to get stitched because Stitch is the way to go. So. That's awesome. I have to
2: say, I still have not seen that movie.
1: <gasps> I haven't seen it either. <laughs> this is shocking to me, folks. I, I wish you could see my face. <laughs> Jen has seen, I mean, I feel like it's like millions of movies. It's such a good movie.
2: I know. I, my okay. boys have seen it. And they like it, but
1: That's I' don't know. so sweet. It's such a yeah, I, I think like like you were seeing Sarah about Moana. I mean, I think that it or er, earlier on than a lot of the other movies, the it's two sisters. their parents have died. They are the older sister's a lot older than Lilo. So Lilo's very young. and I forget the older sister's name, but she is much older. So she's having to be like a mom to Lilo. And she's trying to keep Child Protective Services from taking Lilo away from her because they want to be together. But of course, it's hard for her financially to keep going. And meanwhile, Lilo is very different from the other kids at her school and stuff. And so she is very creative and very has all these really interesting ideas, but she's quirky and has very different home circumstances. And so people are really cruel to her. And they're also cruel to her like she has like a doll that's kind of raggedy. And so the kids are really mean to her about stuff like that. And so, you know, it just, it gets into all of that. And then Stitch has been created. He's an alien, but he has been created. And he was created as a destructive force.
0: Mm. And then the
1: creator loses control of him. And so they're trying to destroy him. So everything is about him. He winds up on earth but the aliens are trying to destroy him because they think he's this like horrible, destructive force. And so it's about him trying to survive. So he and Lilo wind up together because he's trying to pretend to be an animal so that that he can hide basically. And I mean, it's just a really sweet story. I think it's a great, so I stand by it as far as the movie, but I do have emotional attachment to the character also. Anyway, thank you all for listening today. Let us know your thoughts about our new episodes, and we'll be excited to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Pod, or on the web at underbridgepod.com for a list of ways to support us.
2: We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light, and Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.